What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Bruce Irving here for another episode of the show, the Marketing Club Podcast. Today, my guest is Dan Nash, and we're talking all about brand and storytelling, two things you probably hear of all the time. And if you're like me, you know what it is, but you don't really know what it is, if that makes any sense. Dan's going to come on the podcast and share what exactly is your brand and how do you tell your story? You hear till you're blue in the face. You have to tell your story. You have to tell your story on social media. But how do you do that? And how do you do it repeatedly over time? Instead of just checking it off the list and being like, I did that. It's done. I'm never doing it again. Dan shares a six-step strategy for you to be able to tell great stories about your business to engage your customers and build a loyal fan base that stays with you forever and keeps coming back and buying all your stuff. That's what we're talking about on today's podcast. If you haven't yet, go to our website, thebruceirving.com. Sign up for our daily email, thebruceirving.com forward slash daily email. It's not daily, but it could be. It's whenever I have a thought, a strategy, a tip about marketing that's going to help you get better at marketing in less than two minutes. That's my job. Four to five times a week, I'm going to send you an email early in the morning and just share a thought, a tip, a strategy, something we've learned to share with you that you can read and implement in under two minutes. That's my goal for you. Not selling anything. Not inside that email, at least. We do sell stuff on the website. You can join our mastermind group. You can join some of our courses, some of our challenges. You can find all that over at thebruceirving.com. And listen, whatever it is you're doing, make sure you're doing it well. If I want a pizza... Well, I know how to make pizza, but for the most part, if somebody wants a pizza, they go to a great pizzeria and buys a pizzeria. If you're doing a bad job at your marketing, don't continue to do a bad job at your marketing. Reach out to somebody, get some help, hire somebody, join a group, watch some videos, buy a course that'll help you actually get better at marketing so you can do what works instead of just wasting time and checking it off the list. Because there's a lot of bad companies out there doing marketing, and there's a lot of restaurants, pizzerias, local businesses that could use some better marketing strategies. A lot of bad marketing strategies going on out there. I'm scrolling on TikTok and Instagram, and I see them all. So if you need some help, reach out to me. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email, or just go to the website, thebruceirving.com. Dot com. All right, let's get into today's podcast with Dan Nash, all about brand and storytelling. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. My friend Dan Nash, who is a brand strategy in storytelling. He tells stories and he teaches brands or businesses how to tell stories because everybody hears about telling your story or building your brand, but I think a lot of people get confused on that. So Dan's going to join us on the podcast and share how he teaches businesses how to do that. Dan, you've been on the podcast before. We've been friends for a long time. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, it's great to be here again. I know. You're in the UK, so it's 9 o'clock here in the morning when we're recording this. It's the afternoon there. What's the weather like in the UK today? Uh, well, you, um, we've had the worst storm to hit the UK in the last 30 years this weekend. Oh. So, yeah. Snow or um, rain? Direct wind, like, at 70 miles an hour winds. Kept half expecting to see a cow flying past my window, that kind of <laughs> level of... Uh, but thankfully that didn't happen. Nice. So Dan, give a little brief background about how you got into this whole brand strategy and storytelling aspect of your business. Sure. So this this was a real journey for me. I started working with restaurants around five years ago, um, worked in marketing before then. And um, at the time, it was a big move for me. As I said, I worked because I, I worked with uh, music before then. 
and just I'd always loved restaurants and food. My grandma had a restaurant. Kitchen Confidential changed my life. And that's actually inspired me a lot for the stories because suddenly I realized that the food you eat was just such a small part of the experience. And ever since then, and he, I became, just became fascinated with all the other bits that were happening around that, that were happening around then. You know, Anthony, and also, Bo Anthony Bourdain was, you know, he obviously had the show. He had the, writ the book, wrote the book. He was a chef, but what a great storyteller he was and how he could write. I wish I could write and tell stories like he could. Yeah. But I mean, the funny thing is, is that it's, he made it so thrilling, but we all have those stories inside us. Every restaurant has that drama and it's just a matter of just getting it out and it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. So you've been doing this now for a while. What, you know, when people think of telling your story, everybody says that, you know, every social media guru or marketing guru says, you got to get out there and tell your story. And every business has heard it a thousand times. And we we're all business owners and we're all like, all right, I get it. I got to tell my story. But to them, their story may, when they hear, I got to tell my story, it's always like this boring chronological order of how I started, what, when I opened, this is how I find blah, blah, blah. We use the same ingredients. It's always fresh. It's always the same story. How do you get them to think about it differently? Or how do you get them to think about the fact that they need to tell their story and how to do it? Sure. So I, I like to just define it for people because for, because brand storytelling, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this. Yeah, there's, there's just so much bullshit and jargon around it and the best definition i heard of brand is it's the a gut feeling that yep. people have about you based on all your touch points and then brand storytelling is the things you do not just say they're going to affect those perceptions so it's all about how you make people feel and the problem with the state of food marketing and you asked how i got why i got or how and why i got into this so five years ago i just started looking on instagram feeds of restaurants and i just thought these are so boring <laughs> And five years later, we still are. And I just, I call it buy my shit because what these are, it's a glorified brochure and it's just information. These are our store opening hours. D you know, this is our new limited edition with our awesome house-made um, barbecue sauce. And it's just information. And the what in of this very noisy world, you're not standing out with that. Yeah. It's just, no one looks forward to that. It's just, it's just, here's a brochure of buy my stuff. And that's not what social media is either because people don't go there. People go there for entertainment. They go there to be inspired. They go there to connect with their friends, not with brands. Yeah, you know, two companies that aren't food related that I've been really thinking about a lot lately with the way that they handle their marketing is Disney, which is a U in the United States, and Universal. And if you look at their two social media accounts, not what you think of about the companies themselves, because Disney has built a great brand over the years. Um, but if you look at their social media and how they handle their social media, Universal is edgy, funny, very entertaining, not afraid to take shots at themselves or other people. And Disney's social media is very uptight, boring, uh, very not controversial or not edgy at all. It almost makes you think of it almost makes me think of what you just said, like Disney is buy my product. This is how great we are. This is why we are the best, but they're not really entertaining me. It's almost like boring where universal is like edgy and makes me laugh and makes me want to follow along with the journey. So those two companies come to mind when I think of what you just said. Yeah. Those are great examples. And I mean, I can, I have, I can definitely share some, but like give some real examples. Cause I don't, again, I don't just want to say tell a better story because that's what everyone does. I can right. tell you real ways to do it. But um, what I would say is just, 
talk, thinking about how it makes people feel and perceptions, all we have to do, a story, and it's, as I said, whether you're doing something, and also people think that stories is just your newsletter, your Instagram, every way that a customer touches you is telling a story, whether it's the way your team talk to them or your book, on your booking calendar, um, how you use that, even how you talk to your team internally. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, just with, with that in mind, all, just telling a story, you just have to make people feel something. And it could just be, like you said, just a smile or just thinking, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that before. But the more, you know, they're not going to cry if you can, great. But the more, and then just make them feel some emotions. Right. You know, and just going back to my two examples, Universal, like I've never really been one to, I've been, to, I have kids, so I've been to Disney many, many times. I've never been one to really want to go to Universal, but their marketing strategy of being edgy and funny makes me like, you know what, maybe I should go check them out. And it's a great example of a business, even a local business can do that as well. I, I know there are a few that I can think of that are businesses that do really good branding and storytelling and they're a little bit more edgy and it makes you want to go check them out versus the ones that you said are like, just posting photos of their food and that's it. There's no personality behind it at all. Yeah. You just want to see that there's a real human there. And I think what's important as well, I, I talk a lot about you have to talk to one audience, which can be very hard for hospitality people because they think we've got to welcome everyone or, you know, your Disney one is, well, we're meant to be for families and kids, but it's, well, no, to get that love, you really need to focus on one. I mean, two examples I like are just Apple and Nike, two of the biggest brands in the world. Yeah. If you look at Apple, they just talk about creativity and photography because their number one audience are like create but creative hipsters, maybe like myself. And if they lose them, they're dead. And Nike, probably one of the best brands in the world. If you look at them, they only talk to athletes who compete to win, not fashionistas, not couch potatoes who want to look cool in their sweatpants. And if they lose those, they're dead. So it's really, you've got to understand that first about who that is. And then you can start thinking what they want to talk about, what they want to hear about that goes way beyond your food. So what I hear you saying is you got to stop trying to please everybody and try to figure out who your audience is and connect with them. And then social media is a way to do that. Yes. So where do you start? If I'm a business and I'm like, all right, I, I understand I got to tell my story. What, where does the beginning point for me? Well, I just think, I think as all brands, especially with the way the world is going, you know, it's not going in a great direction. We, um, you have an obligation to be a force for good and to have purpose. So if you work with me, I'm a big believer in a strategy and a plan and you don't have to spend a fortune on someone like myself, but you, this is why I see so many restaurants because they don't have time and they don't have money and you know how overwhelmed they are. They're making it up on the fly every week and that's hard and it's, it doesn't work. So you need to just take a step back and just think about the bigger picture. And those kind of things is, what, what's your purpose? What's your why that's bigger than money? Because these days, the best brands, that's what people want to connect with, especially the younger generations, let's say the TikTok generation. The brands they follow all have a purpose and a why that's bigger than money. And with that as well, your values, you know, how do you want to be perceived by the world? And also, what are the things that you're going to do to demonstrate, you know, which is what greenwashing is, is don't greenwash or don't just say things. You need to actively demonstrate them. So that's the best place to start, as I call it, substance. It's just what is the substance? What's your why? What and what's and then just one other thing that I think is really interesting is what's your vision? So quite um, when I speak to a few restaurants recently, especially after lockdown, I always ask them a challenging question: Where do you want to be in ten years? And it's because they've been so broken. They often say, "Well, just if I could maybe open a few more stores or just provide for my family and my team," but that's not exciting. Like I, I get it and I feel the pain, but it, you need a vision that's going to excite not just you, but your team, attract new team members. And that's a dramatic story. Like Wigan, we want to be here in 10 years. 
we're just humans. Maybe we're going to fail, but we're going to try damn hard to get there. If you don't have that story, it's going to be hard to get people to, especially employees, to come along in the journey with you because they don't see what they're working for. A lot of employees, if you ask them why they either stop working at a place or they don't work at a particular place, it's that right there. It's like, I don't know what the, uh, there's no room for growth or there's no real meaning behind the job and it's just a job. And then what happens? All they do is compete on price and then you have to pay people more in order to join you. And I don't know about the situation in the US, but we've got a massive hospitality um, recruitment crisis in the UK at the moment. So it's more important than ever. It's so hard to get someone. They've got to have these options. You, they need to be excited. You know, you have to sell yourself to them as much as they have to sell it to you these days. And yeah. having an exciting vision and stories is a huge part of that, especially the younger generation. Yeah, here we're in the same boat. Even Disney, which I keep referring to, but they're a huge company and forever. They never, ever had, until the pandemic, they never had problems hiring people. They always had a waiting list and they always were able to pick and choose who they wanted to work there because their brand was so strong. Even there, they are having a really, really hard time and they're offering like a thousand or $2,000 sign-on bonus for cast members, they call them, to start working there because even a huge company like Disney who's never had a problem with employees is even struggling right now. Yeah, and also with the vision, if you have a great, for me, for me what's the point? Why, why is it important to tell a story? It's so, I call it a tribe. So you build this loyalty of customers because one day, let's say you have a great pizzeria, someone could open next to you, right? And they might copy your entire menu, yeah. but they can't copy your story and they can't copy the loyalty that that builds because that takes years. And um, and once you have the tr that's tribe as well, especially the world is changing so much. There's meal kits now and restaurants selling food products and delivery. Is once you have a tribe who love you, you can sell everything. They will buy it. They will buy whatever you have to sell. And if they don't, you can just laugh about it and make it part of your story. And that's why having a vision as well, because maybe you're going to get there. And especially with the instability of restaurants is it opens up all these other revenue streams because you have this audience who will buy, if you, you've invested in and are willing to buy. So it's, it can really, uh, it can open a lot of doors as well. Like look at The Rock, right? Like celebrities are a great example of this. They build up this brand equity where people love them and they want to follow them. And then they turn that into The Rock sells tequila. He sells apparel. He sells an energy drink. He sells his movies. He sells all kinds of things because of the brand he's built up and the following he built up and people love him so much, they'll buy whatever he has. So if you do that as a business or a business owner, you can leverage that into selling more things, which is very important, I think, moving forward, because if something like 2020 ever happens again and we're all forced to kind of shut down, the ones who have done what you said and built up that brand equity with their customers can sell other things that don't require people to come into their restaurant. 100%. And I think the other value of actually taking the time to put this strategy, and I don't even like using the word strategy, but like, let's say a guide or a framework of like who you are like and what your values are, is it's, it's not just about how you communicate, but it's a guide for all your business and all your decisions. So when you're trying to think of what to do, if you know your values, you just think, well, does this fit in with my values? Is this part of what the change I'm trying to make in the world? And then it makes trying to choose what should I do a milk it or this? It's like, well, do you want to spread your mission to more people? Do you want to empower local suppliers? And that can really help give you a lot of clarity in that when most of us are always trying to figure out what to do next. Does everybody have this sort of framework? They maybe just don't know it yet? Yeah, but you need someone. To, it, sometimes it's just, I actually find even just when I do an initial call, just taking an hour with someone and asking good questions, just take a step out of the business is so valuable. And I, to anyone listening, I would just even recommend that there's a lot online or even paying someone to do it and just taking the time. 
and that alone can just generate so many ideas and just give you so much clarity but you know we're all too busy and we just never make so we never make the time and instead it's every week it's like fml i've got to do this post <laughs> starting again right you know it's a never-ending cycle of just trying to get stuff posted just to get it checked off the list yeah what are some of those questions when you have a first call with somebody what are those some of the questions you ask them well it would tend to be sort of what's your what's your why that's bigger than money what's the change that you want to see in the world what are the things you're going to commit to every day to make these things happen? Again, what are your values? Trying to dig into and asking people why. Why is that important? Okay, great. You know, you want to be on social media. Well, how much? Why? What are you hoping to get from that? And also just a lot around that, their audience. Like, What's the personality of the audience? What's the personality of you? And just what is that? going a bit into the story, like what are the things that have shaped you? And not just from when you started the restaurant, but from before then as well, because all of that shows you that you are the unique person that you are, and therefore your expertise. No one can, no one can copy that expertise, and it's it's based from all these different things. And your audience are going to be interested in it. That's the thing is, if once you know that audience, they are going to be your people. They will naturally be interested. I, actually, I use an analogy. Yeah. Um, I always said if you had to go on a date with ten chefs, and nine of them just said. Oh, these are the opening hours of my restaurant. This is um, this is our new burger. Oh, we're trying to hire at the moment. Oh, look how happy our team are. <laughs> you're not, but because it's the laws of attraction, you're just you're attracted to another. But it's it's humans attracting humans. I always say you'd be much better off running your business account as your personal account. But then say there was one chef who just said, "Man, when we launched, you know, my, my fish supplier ran off with my GM with a with a month of takings." But then I found this guy Bruce who with his amazing podcast and it, it really helped me and I learned to reach out and, and get help and then um yeah I watched this I, I'm watching this crazy uh documentary on Anthony Bourdain who changed my life like just think of it as a, of course you'd be more attracted to someone who's saying that rather than this just information broadcast of messages it's a connection that they built with because you're telling a little bit of your personal story do you find it hard to get owners to do that I think it's hard. It's just hard. Take, it's hard getting owners just to be able to take take the time to take a step back. Um, is a hard thing. It's just just to get them to take a bit of time out of the business. Um, and it can, and also everyone thinks no one's interested in my story as well. That that's, that's uh, that, that always makes me a bit upset when it's yeah. I don't know about you, but in the UK, seven out of ten people watch uh, cooking shows, and it's not just people don't watch it for the food. They watch it for the personalities as, and, and the stories around it as well. Because we have, I think, as humans, we have this really primal connection to food as well. I mean, look at Guy Fieri, who is like, you know, obviously a very well-known celebrity chef on the Food Network who has a great personality and very much tells it uh, tells his story. You know, obviously people don't aren't always in love with him, but he's found his tribe and he's very successful because he's very outgoing and tells his story and is passionate about what he does and he attracts the right people. So yeah, that goes against what you're saying. I just find it hard. I just find that owners, and I don't want to make a broad statement here and offend everybody, but owners, you know, the, the last couple of years have been tough for them and they're trying to just kind of survive and figure it out. And like you said, everybody thinks that they don't have a unique story or nobody wants to hear that. So it's hard for them to get, it's hard to get them to open up. Even though I do a, a podcast where I interview owners, it's still hard to get questions out of them sometimes they just don't want to talk about themselves and it's for me it's a real process like I, i've done this on myself and i really committed in the last in the last few months to just trying to tell my own story using a bit of a framework for that 
and it's always you know the first month or two your your standards are going to be up here are going to be high and what you do this is like for any creativity it's never going to match your standards but you've just got to push through it and i find that after about three months of doing it then suddenly my story gets so much stronger and the ideas i generate so it's just as i said just someone helping you with some questions and a bit of a framework and then you just go for it and do it you've got to do it consistently give it about three months it will be 10 times better once you make that commitment as well and, and look to other people that are doing it well. Do you suggest they do interviews like on video or how do they translate that story onto social media, for instance? So it, is this, is this is if they were doing it themselves rather than having someone else on their team? Do yeah, it, like if know? they say, all right, I know I got to start telling my story. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. Like, all right, I think about my why, why we do what mm -hmm. we do, what makes us different, why I started this. Mm -hmm. And then, all right, now I got to translate that over time more than just one video mm -hmm. that says all of that. How do I tell that story over a consistent period of time? Well, could, could, could I, should I maybe just share this, the, I, I call it Dan's minimum viable story. Yeah, for please me, do. Uh, is that... That. So that's six things, and I'll try not to cut me short if I... No, keep going. Quite Go. deep I think the, the more you talk, the better it is. Okay, so the first one is called expertise, and that's just trying to show that you're the best, trying to be... Not necessarily that you are the best, but what you do every day to be the best, because you're taking people's hard-earned money, and there's a lot of people... There's a real financial squeeze on most people, so people want to know that they trust you. And that, what that means is you can talk about the food, but talk about the process behind it. Talk about what inspired you. Talk about podcasts you listened to or who mentored you. And also just, so all the stuff, because they, one thing I like is people buy the process, not the product, because people want to know what's happening behind that. So, and also you can go much deeper, like for your business, what about the, how do you want your customer experience to be the best, your team culture, um, yourself, like what's your morning routine? How do you organize yourself? What are your hacks? Because Again, relating to your audience, your audience do not just care about food. They're also, everyone wants to be healthier. Everyone's too stressed. No one has time. And there's all stuff around that that you can share with others that they can at least connect to, even if you don't have the answers, but to say, I'm trying to be the best. Right. So, and, and you're just saying, like, I'm just a human trying to be the best in this world for myself, for my community and my team. That's all, you know, and this is how I'm trying to do it. And I might not get there. So expertise is the first one. And um, the second one is the journey. So this is what we talk about. And this fits more into sort of classical storytelling. But that's, you know, from the dawn of time, from the Iliad to <laughs> Harry Potter to Star Wars, people remember stories, not facts. That's the other thing is if you just broadcast the, the and list, I call it the ingredients list. If you keep talking about your ingredients, no one connects with that. People don't remember that. It's emotions because emotions flood you with dopamine and cortisol, which is a chemical thing that makes you feel, that makes things stick in your head. Right. So your journey can look, there's only so many times you can talk about your founder story, but you can go way beyond that. All the things that led you into that. There's so many, and this is one of the things when you start going through the process. I actually did my own food journey. Like what got, why do I like the food I do? What got me into food? And that was really interesting. Like, what, what, what would my grandma think? What did my parents, what was their attitude when we sat and ate meals? It's a really good exercise actually to, to anyone to go through your own food journey and why you like the stuff you do and chat to your family about it as well. But what, but what it means is when you put that journey so that's where you were then. Yep. But if you put it to your vision and where you're going now, it's a dramatic journey that never ends. And the way that you've always got to talk about your emotions, I think, to really make people feel is like, I was so scared. I was so happy. You know, that's what's human. That's what people are scared to do. Um, and you can just use that in small ways. Like it doesn't have to be this epic style style narrative. It's like launches are very good for that. Whether you're, if you're launching a new limited edition, a new product, a new store, 
just talk about the drama. This is really hard. These are the challenges that we have. Get people involved. What do you think? But it could even be that, you know, we're, we're trying to be more sustainable or we're trying to build a better team culture, but it's really hard. So just talk about that. And um, just dropping those little things in, quite often, like, what if you, so quite often when looking at the touch points or even a newsletter, if you're asking someone to do something, if you just drop in a bit of challenge and emotion and drama and then say, buy my shit, I've done tests myself, it makes such a difference rather than this is our new limited edition, you know, rather than just breaking it up into this is what inspired us. So the, anyway, so that's the journey part. I like that. And it's, it's, um, it's part of the marketing in 2022 and moving forward. I mean, you have to do that. You, you said, the, like we started at the beginning of the conversation, the younger generation of folks really want to be involved with that. So I always tell people, because you see owners who don't want to do the work when it comes to marketing, they, they're like, I don't use Facebook. I don't use Instagram. I don't want to tell my story. And you're like, you know what? It's just when you become decide to become a business owner, from here on out, it's part of the job. Just like you need employees, you need to do payroll, you need to have inventory, you need to uh, do your taxes. Marketing and telling your story on social media is just part of the job that you sign up for when you become an entrepreneur in 2020 moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the challenging thing is quite often that people I work with, even if they're not comfortable, they get the importance of it. Yeah. But the hard thing for me is the people that are like, I don't enjoy this, I don't have time for it, then, but, but they need to do it. And that's the hard thing I, that I have a hard time trying to convince sort of get them on board with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can't convince everybody, right? This is going to be a podcast or for people out there who maybe know they need to do it and need a little bit of a nudge. Well, I always say, I never try to convince anybody to do anything. If someone ever says, Oh, I'm never going to use fit. Great. Don't ever use Facebook. What the <laughs> fuck do I care? Right? Like, I don't care. Yeah. Go, don't ever do marketing for your business. I don't give a shit. There's so many other businesses out there that I can work with or will take what we talk about and go do. Go, don't be stubborn and don't ever do it. We'll see what, we'll see where you are in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you're not going to convince everybody. So I agree. What's number three on your list? So we went one, so no, two, what's number three? Number three is beliefs. And that's, you've got to stand for things and stand for against and stand against things. That's if you really have purpose. And that's what separates faceless brands from real brands with purpose. And this is where people start getting very uncomfortable. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, to me, this sounds like political, right? Like, you see a lot of these, it doesn't have to be, but it sounds like it is. You see a lot of these people taking political stances in their business, and that's not what you have to do, though, right? It, absolutely not. But it can help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but because if you want to, ultimately, having a having a platform is a, these days is a privilege and to have a voice. Right. And if you want to be the leader of your tribe, because ultimately that's what's going to be the bedrock of your business is this very loyal tribe. They want someone who to look up to, who has a voice that talks for the things that other people are too scared to or won't. And that is a huge thing in connection. And it doesn't, it can be small things as well. This is the other thing is when I do work with people, I just say, let's just shrink it down because it can be positive things, but there's guaranteed in whatever industry, there's going to be a status quo that is wrong and things that are happening that are wrong. And there's going to be some big enemies, you know, who cheat me, you know, sustainability, there's, there's, Right. There's some serious things that, they, that a lot of people are going to get on board with. But that's why it's so important to know who your audience are and what they stand for and against. All right. Number four. As well. So number four, um, that's just your interests. And that's just talking. This is why just don't just chat about your food. Like I said, sometimes you're better off talking about the movie you saw last night than, than the food. And that's, again, knowing your audience. But just little, just those small things that interest you from when you're running your life. And this is where so many people go wrong. And this is the easy, like, this is such an easy hack. 
it's just talking about cooking and food, but not your cooking and food. Like I've done it before, give guides to local restaurants, kitchen equipment, because most people, I said seven out of 10 people love watching cooking shows. They're looking to you as a leader for inspiration. And I found just doing newsletters or Instagram stories, like once I did for a client an Instagram story, and this is a QSR fried chicken brand who had Asian ingredients. And I did like our guide to Asian supermarkets and shopping in Asian supermarkets. It was the most popular story we'd ever done. Wow. Um, and people were just like, yeah, like I've got no idea what I do in these supermarkets. And this was so helpful. Can you do more? So then we did more like the guide to Asian snacks. So, you know, talk about your interests and it can go beyond just food. But if you're really stuck, just talk about just, you know, kitchen equipment and book, cookbooks and things like that. I like that one. I really, really like that one. I think that's great. Is there a balance? Because I feel as you're talking about these, I, I'm like thinking about people who I follow on social media. And is there a balance? Because there are people who do this, what you're talking about, but I feel like they do it too much and they don't talk about their business at all. I mean, the thing is, of course, you need to talk about your product and food, but I'd say just as long as you relate to each one of these elements. Is there like an 80-20 uh, principle where it's 20% of the time it's about your passions and 80% of the time it's about like what you do or is there no principle? I tell you what, this is one thing I've learned and Bruce, you've probably been through the same journey, trying to figure out your own way of posting and content. And some people plan their content a month in advance. Some do it every week, some do it on the fly, which I can never do, but some people are cool with that. Yeah. I think as long as you just have this framework, because also you don't have time and you just pick out whatever feels right and comfortable, then you don't have to sweat it. It just, and again, as long as you're doing that, it's still, this is the thing, you think it's gonna be bad, but compared to all these other informational brochures, it's still gonna be way more interesting. So no, and you just, you're gonna handle, you're like, well, maybe I talked a little bit more about my expertise, so <laughs> right. I'll talk a bit about my interests. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat it too much in like a perfect ratio. And like you said, the numbers will tell you. You said you did that story about the Asian supermarket, and that was your highest viewed story. So you, that'll that'll tell you what, as you do it more, you'll see the numbers of people engaging or commenting or responding, and then you can see what works and what doesn't over a longer period of time. Yeah, 100%. So I think maybe in the beginning to be maybe then a bit more structured, and you want to throw as much against the wall, but at least know, okay, that was me talking about my expertise. That was me talking about my journey, and just get a handle on what works as well. Yeah, I'm even trying to think about like what you're saying for me for my social media, because I don't do a whole lot of the story behind the podcast It's more about just like informational, I need to do a better job of that myself. All right, so what's number five? Um, so that's an interest. Number five is giving inspiration and value. So that's a small thing. Like it's a law of, I can never pronounce this word, reciprocity, <laughs> where you reciprocate. Where people, yeah, reciprocity. Um, so it's my Boston accent that helps me with that. <laughs> you say it, it sounds much cooler when you say <laughs> it. Um, so that's just, it's a natural human thing that if people give something for free, you want to give something in return. And also it's trust. That's how you build trust, which is the cornerstone of building any kind of loyalty or tribe. You know, they say it takes eight customer touch points for someone to see before they make, before they come and buy your product. I think that was a Google stat. But then after, then they come and then they, you've got to start hitting them again from all the touch points. And just the more you give away for free, and it's, it's a thing people start seeing you as one of the good guys. Yeah. Like we did some customer research and there's a, brand a burger brand called honest who are great and do a lot of stuff for their community and that's in the customer research we said who do you admire and why and they said honest because they did so much for their community over lockdown and gave away all these recipes and this is the thing you can't measure that in likes or comments but it's a feeling and that's therefore so if someone trusted let's say you had a crappy meal there and someone said no 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 you just got unlucky these are the good guys we know how we know they're trying to be experts which we just trust them so 
and customer research is actually a very good way to sort of know go that extra level to know if your story is really hitting you can see that too brands that do that well when they do have a customer that kind of complains on a social media platform you'll see customers come in and defend that business on their own without having to be asked by the business so that's how you know you build up mm -hmm. a good brand is if when someone leaves a negative feedback about like what you said you see, you have your own customers coming in on their own saying no 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 that's just an anomaly you got to give them another shot every time i go there for years it's been great yeah that's a, i think that's a very high level of achievement for a brand and, and for a tribe and going back to cooking just just you can just again share cooking tips share stuff that you yeah. do every day in the kitchen you've got a million things that you that are useful to you or you know your morning routines or stuff that in life that's interesting that could be helpful to others um you know even I, i'll be honest i've got adhd i didn't talk about it much i did my first newsletter on it and um <clears throat> i had a bunch of people saying oh that's so good for sharing and i had two people come to me and say we've just been diagnosed with adhd and your your newsletter was so helpful and made us realize our own how it helps us tell a better story so again just by giving even if you can inspire sort of two people from that you know, two yeah. people a week, it's a hundred people in a year, just from something small from right. giving. And something different than you not, you don't have to think about or mm. over, overthink. So what's the last thing? So the last one, and this is, is just to have fun, which is not very useful. That's the kind of thing a brand agency will put on your content pillars, fun, and <laughs> to, you know, you know, with sustainability and talk about your ingredients, which is what I stand against. But just fun just means not having that serious face all the time. And again, most, be universal, you know, not Disney. Yeah, but just you know, if, if you're not, you know, you're a chef, not a comedian. But share the people, just share other people's stuff that you think's funny as well. Just you know, there's a billion memes out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, just just to make just to, and also show that oh, that's why I find it funny. This is who I connect with, and something I do because I like to use humor a lot. But of course, again, when you're busy and you're furiously writing out your content, I just try and spend five or ten minutes going back, and this could be well for content it could be for your newsletter it could be for your website and i just spend five or ten minutes thinking is that fun could i make that more fun could i drop a gif in there could i drop a mem could i make a joke so it's taking a little bit more time and quite often it's rather than trying to start at the beginning and be like i need to write a fun post what am i going to do yeah you know, that's much harder but just to go back and just try and bring a bit of sort of levity and humor to it i like that i try to do that a lot too when i write or if i do a you know a new uh, an email or something like that I try to put a little uh fun in there to make someone chuckle Mm. I like that. Well, Dan, where, how do you want to end this? What, where, where should people go to say hello to you? I know you shared a ton of information here. People are probably a little bit overwhelmed, but they're going to go back and listen to this a couple times and be like, all right, I know I got to figure out my story and kind of write down some details of how I can engage with my audience and grow that audience. So if they want to reach out to you or say hello, where should they go? Sure. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn these days. So just find me Dan Nash on LinkedIn. I also have um, a cult, I'd call it my cult brands email. And that's a fortnightly email where, again, I strip out all the bullshit and jargon around branding and just give very actionable, actionable advice on what you can do every day to tell a better story and get more love from your, um, get more love from your customers. Hold on. Did you say fortnight email? What is that? Like for us over here? <laughs> uh, every two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can sign up. That's at brandstories.club. Blaren stories. All right, we'll link all that up in the show notes. We'll link up your your LinkedIn, your website, and the newsletter so people can go say hello to you and follow you on uh, uh, LinkedIn and sign up for your email newsletter because I'm sure you share a ton of great information. Dan, thank you we'll so much you. for joining me on the podcast. It was very much a pleasure talking to you and catching up with you. You too, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Dan, for joining me on the podcast. If you missed anything that we talked about, we took all the show notes for you. TheBruceIrving.com. We'll link up Dan's social media handles on LinkedIn his website, 
If you want to get some information about how he can help you build your brand and tell your story, we'll link all that up over at the website. If you have a question, you can reach out to me. I am at the Bruce Irving on Instagram. Also, Bruce Irving on Facebook. I think for the next three months, the three platforms I'm going to be spending a lot of time on in trying to develop a plan for that I can come back to this podcast and talk to you about, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Those are the three platforms where I see organic reach beyond your follower count being possible. You can post a video, a reel, a TikTok, a YouTube video, and you can reach more people than follow you. And that's the goal, right? We all want organic reach. So if you want to reach out to me, go to those three places. YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Bruce Irving on all three of those. You can find me. Just search there. Watch our videos. Hang out with me on TikTok. Or check out some of the reels I'm doing on Instagram to kind of share some marketing tips with you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.